0: Samuel Marsden is one of the most maligned Christians in the history of Australia. He was a great Christian man, a great Christian servant, a great servant of this colony as it was then, a great man who did many wonderful things. Just around the corner here in the cathedral, the largest plaque we have in this building is to Samuel Marsden. By the time you've finished reading it, you will be exhausted just the number of things that he did, and he did for us and for our welfare. In New Zealand, of course, he is thought of differently to the way he is thought of in Australia. They who had no convicts do not understand life as it was lived here, but they had Maori's. And 200 years ago, this day, 200 years ago this very Christmas day was the very first time that the gospel was preached in New Zealand by Samuel Marsden and he preached on the text that we have just read for us it's there on page five in our our, in our booklets page five he preached on the text particularly verse 10 and the angel said to them fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Sadly, the complete and total unfamiliarity with the message meant that the Maoris confessed that they didn 't understand anything that he had said. Even sadder, our overfamiliarity with the message means that we often don 't appreciate what the angel said. So let's turn to that bit and let me read again verses 9 to 11. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And I want to make five observations about those few verses that I've just read to you. Firstly, fear. When the angel of the Lord came in glory, the shepherds were filled with great fear. You may imagine Being met by God or by an angel of the Lord would be an exciting, pleasurable, interesting, even challenging experience. But it would be a fearful thing to meet God in all his glory. A terrifying thing is how it is described as each person, such as Moses, such as Isaiah, come across God in all his glory a terrifying thing to be spoken to by the angel of the Lord. Face to face with God, we will not for a moment think of treating him as an equal, but fall before our maker in fear, fall before our judge in abject terror. It's the arrogance of the rich and powerful that they have no fear of God. The hubris, the haughty conceit of the wealthy Western cultures that has no fear of God. They dismiss God with an argument and a debate, though of course it's not really the argument or the debate. That's not the real reason for their hostility towards God. Which is why they so often revert to satire and comedy to domesticating all religions into the same message, turning happy Christmas into season's greetings, or perverting God's message into tolerant inclusiveness of all people, especially of themselves, or marginalising and persecuting God's people. They don't realise that Jesus was talking of them when he said, it is not possible for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. The rich is always somebody else, isn't it? For it doesn't matter how rich you are, there's always someone richer somewhere else. And that's the one person. If we can find the richest person in the world, hang around with them because that's the one who won't get in the kingdom of heaven. But it's not us because there's that richer person, isn't there? They do not understand that it is the wealth of the Western civilization of today that is preventing people from entering the kingdom of God. For it requires the fear of the Lord to even begin to gain wisdom. It requires the humility of needing a saviour to even begin desiring God. It requires the dependence of a child to trust somebody else, especially your heavenly father. It requires the repentance of losing your life for Jesus' sake and the gospel's sake to ever find life and eternity. The shepherds, they weren't rich. The shepherds were working the night shift in the fields. They were right, absolutely right, to be filled with fear. But secondly, the angel's message was one of great joy. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. It was right that they feared God. But on this occasion, the message was not one of judgment, but of salvation. On this occasion, the message was one of good news, of great joy for all the people. This messenger, for that's what an angel is, a messenger, this messenger's message was a gospel. A declaration of great news that was going to change everything. And the change was not for the worst but for the better. Not bad news, good news. Not sad news, happy news. Joyous news they are bringing. The great news that would have the people singing for joy 2,000 years later on the other ends of the world. And this great news is for all the people. Not for the rich or the clever not for the powerful and important, not for some of the people but for all the people. This is the news that has enabled the poor and oppressed to survive and even thrive. You think of the spiritual songs of the slaves of of the Americas, that, that song of the Bahamas that became so popular in the 20th century, protest songs. If religion was a thing that money could buy, Then the rich would live and the poor would die. No, the good news is for all the people. And thirdly, the angel's message was about a saviour. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David A saviour. What a wonderful word. Saviour is for those who need saving. What a wasteful word for those who have no need or do not know their need. You see, while swimming safely in the surf this summer... Bouncing about in the breakers, riding the power of the waves as they press towards the shore. We can so easily dupe ourselves into thinking we're in control. We're safely in tune with nature. It's our beach, it's our world, it's, it's our pleasure. And yet when the full force of water crashes over us, when the rip pulls us out, or the current carries us, or the dumper buries us, or the tsunami overwhelms us, we suddenly need and know we need a saviour. It's the independence and arrogance of the wealthy that has turned the angel's message into a feast of materialism, replacing the saviour with the Santa, replacing the Christ with Christmas, In our prosperity, we celebrate the celebration rather than celebrating the Christ. Because we feel no need of a saviour. Nothing can terrorise us free Australians. We are impervious to any danger. United we stand unbowed in our strength. But this is not the feeling of the little people. The little people who are fleeing the persecuting terror of ISIS as they eliminate all alternatives to Islam. This is not the feeling of the little people in our society who are struggling with addictions to alcohol, to drugs, to gambling, to pornography. This is not the feeling of... The little people who struggle to make ends meet as they raise their family, often divorced and abandoned single parents. This is not the feeling of those who are aware of our sinfulness, aware of our guilt, the guilt for our actions and our words and our need for forgiveness and a saviour before we meet the righteous judge. The reason why the angel's message is such good news is that God was sending us a saviour and we need a saviour what do you think when you hear the sirens in the traffic the police the ambulance is it an intrusive noise is it something oh, Well, I better pull over and let them pass it sounds very different when you are in need of salvation. When years ago, many years ago I was being bashed up by a group of thugs at Hurstville station I remember the joy of hearing in the distance the police siren coming I could hang on and I loved to hear it getting louder and louder And louder, it was the noise of the saviours coming to rescue me. It was the sweetest of sounds, that awful wailing noise. When I was reduced to tears in the office here at the cathedral by a massive gallstone attack a few years ago, I remember hearing the sound of the ambulance coming to get me. That too was a great noise. I loved to hear it that wonderful warning that wonderful declaration that wonderful news that pethidine was on its way marvelous marvelous invention is that pethidine delivered by the proper people when you know you need a savior he can't come quickly enough The angel's message was the siren sounding that the Saviour was on the way. That the Saviour was born in Bethlehem, the city of David. Which brings me to the fourth observation about the angel's message. Namely, the Saviour is Christ. Fear not, for behold I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day... In the city of David, a saviour who is Christ. The word Christ is not a name, it's a title. It's the Greek word for the Hebrew Messiah, the anointed and appointed king of Israel. God's servant who is appointed as king to save his people and to rule over his people. For more than a thousand years, the prophets of Israel had spoken of the coming of the Christ, the coming of the Messiah. God had promised, for example, King David, who lived about 1000 BC, 3000 years ago from us, 1000 BC, King David was promised that the Christ would be one of his sons. The angel is declaring that the time has come. The long wait is over. The long wait is nearly over for the Christ has been born. He's been born in the city of David. The Christ has been born and his, his work of salvation will happen in this generation, he's saying. In your lifetime, in the generation of this child that has now been born, the Messiah is coming, the Saviour is coming. For those who are longing for a better life. For freedom from guilt and shame, for rescue from fear and death, this is indeed great news of great joy. For those who are well satisfied with their life, who feel no guilt and have no shame, who live without fear and never consider their death, this is not a message of any interest to them. Sing, sing about holly and ivy and chestnuts and open fires and white Christmases and mummy kissing Santa Claus and because it's all meaningless, gibberish. It's all just part of the season's greetings. You know no need of a salvation and all you do is rejoice in your wealth and prosperity as you indulge yourself in a great feast. But fifthly, the angel reminds us of something else about the Christ. He is the Lord. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. Oh, I want a Saviour. I want somebody who can come to my aid and rescue me, to rescue me from my guilt and shame, to rescue me from the fear of death, to rescue me from meaningless mortality or worse, from God's eternal condemnation. I I want a saviour. I want the long-awaited Christ to come and not only put my life right but put the world to rights. I want world peace. We're no longer young no longer are young women dragged away from their school to be kidnapped, to be sold off as slaves, where no longer young children are killed because they go to their school, where no longer are indigenous Australians thrown into prison, where no longer are millions of people living as refugees, where no longer are women and children living in fear, where no longer are people terrorised by Islamic terrorists. I want a world that has Christ as King, And brings peace to the world. But the saviour that God has sent. The Christ who has finally come. Is the Lord. You can't have the saviour Christ. Without having the Lord Christ. You can't have the Christ as your personal servant, ready at your beck and call to rescue you and save you from any danger you've encountered or any foolishness upon which you've entered. Oh, I'm in trouble now. Quick, Jesus, come and help me. It's all solved now. Thank you, Jesus. I'll tell you when I need you again. You can't have Jesus as a standby servant saviour. Called upon when needed. You don't like friends who treat you that way. Why would, you, why would Jesus like you to treat him that way? Why would God be pleased with you? Calling him up when you are dumped in the surf and forgetting him when you ride with joy the wave. Jesus comes as God's servant and our Lord. The Christ is the king. He is the Lord who rules the universe. He saves by conquering our enemies and establishing his lordship, his kingship, his kingdom. Not only in this world, not only in eternity, but also in our lives. You can't have Jesus as saviour without having him as lord. There are some people who think of him only as a Lord. Coming to teach the rules and regulations of how to live, ready to condemn any breach of protocol. They often reject this Jesus as they fail to live up to the standards that they think he taught. They fail to understand he is the saviour who came to die for our sins. Who came to lay down his life for sinners. They fail to hear the angel's message, fear not, for behold I bring you good news of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour. But there are also some who think of him only as a saviour. Coming to rescue all without discrimination, accepting all without repentance, inclusive of all people into his kingdom, even when they deny him, even when they rebel against him, even when they ignore him and turn their back on him as irrelevant, they fail to understand that the Saviour is the Lord who came to conquer Satan, who came to overcome death, who not only died as our Saviour but also rose again as our judge. They fail to hear the angel's message. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. You can't have Jesus as your saviour without having him as your Lord. For in the end it's not a question of other people out there who in their arrogance reject the saviour, insisting on their own independence, their own morality, their own self-sufficiency. In the end, it's not a question of other people, those outside who in their self-satisfaction ignore the Lord, insisting on their own independence, their own morality, their own self-sufficiency. In the end, it's a question about the people in here. In the end, it's a question about the person in here, in you, in me. You and I, we cannot have Jesus as our Saviour if we do not have Him as our Lord. So that when the baby in Bethlehem grew up to be the man Jesus, he said to one as he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever will save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a person to gain the whole world and forfeit their own self, their own soul? What does it profit a nation to gain all the wealth of our nation and forfeit its soul? what does it profit you to gain everything you have at the cost of your soul? He lays down his life for you, for he is your saviour, but he requires your life from him, for he is your Lord. Jesus' people no longer live in fear. Not because they contemptuously see God as their equal. We know God is an awesome, fearsome, righteous judge who can easily find fault with our lives and condemn us eternally. No, we no longer live in fear because we have a saviour who laid down his life for us, bearing his father's wrath, that we may live with him as our Christ And Lord. And for those of us who know we need a Saviour, those of us who know we have a Saviour, those of us who know our Saviour, we don't celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christ. We don't sing the puerile songs of European winter or Aussie Australia summer. We sing of our Saviour the Lord Jesus Christ. 200 years ago today, Samuel Marsden risked his life to preach the angels' good news to the Maoris. They didn't at first understand it, couldn't know what he was talking about, but when they did, over the next few decades, it transformed their lives and it transformed their culture so that Marsden is known as the Apostle of New Zealand. Today again we preach the angels good news to you, the one that can transform our lives and our evil culture. It's not simply information, it's good news of great joy for all people. So what are you celebrating this day? Christmas? Christmas? your saviour this is the heart of the Christian message let me show it to you in our booklets if you turn towards the back of the booklet page 10 hasn't got a number page 10 that's right at the the end of the service now the bottom of that you see the prayer that is printed in grey grey background the last 11 years I've been in the cathedral preaching And I've been praying this prayer at the end of most sermons, haven't I? And I'm going to finish by praying my preaching here by praying this prayer again. You see, this is the prayer that you pray to be a Christian. Every Christian prays this prayer. This is it. You'll notice in this prayer that the first paragraph, you acknowledge the need for a saviour. If you don't know your need for a saviour, you'll never have the saviour. You'll never be saved. Please. Know your need for forgiveness. The second paragraph. Thanks God. For the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. To die for us and rise again. That we be forgiven and given new life. And the third paragraph is the prayer of the prayer. Please forgive me and change me change me in what way there's no point going on needing forgiveness No point going on rebelling against God change me that I may live with Jesus as my ruler as my Lord the great news is the saviour has come and who is he Christ the Lord will you pray with me this prayer and invite him to not only save you but to save you as your Lord by asking him to become and to be your ruler. And as I come to this last time, I invite you to pray it with me out loud. If this is what you would like to pray, let's pray. Dear God, I know that I'm not worthy to be accepted by you. I don't deserve your gift of eternal life. I am guilty of rebelling against you and ignoring you. I need forgiveness. Thank you for sending your son to die for me that I may be forgiven. Thank you that he rose from the dead to give me new life. Please forgive me and change me, that I may live with Jesus as my ruler. Amen.